0: Welcome to the e commerce momentum podcast where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson.
1: Welcome back to the e commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 437 Tyler Nelson, 26 year old, part of my 50 plus years of selling. 26 year old, this is it. So, if you're 26, this is what a 26-year-old looks like. Um, Funny thing is, I had Tyler on years ago when he was 22, and he was doing pretty well then. And man, I'll tell you, he just has figured out so much more. Such a great conversation, so much wisdom uh, from a 26-year-old. Really good. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce Momentum Podcast. I'm bringing back a guest. And this is going to continue my series, The 50-plus Years of Selling. And I think this is a good example of a younger person coming in and selling. And my premise is this, uh, that you can come in at any time. And I'm trying to bring in people at different ages so you can figure out when they started, if you started relatively the same time, did the same amount of work, did all the hard things, learned all the lessons, you too could have the success that they have. Or not, right? But I think they, the the concept is, is that you can come in at any time. So my guest, young Tyler Nelson. Welcome back, Tyler.
0: It's good to be back on. It's been a long time.
1: It really has. We were talking in the pre-call, uh, May of 2017. Man, you are getting old. You were a whopping 22 years old then. So how old are you now? I'm 26. He's 26. Okay, so 26 uh, year old Tyler Nelson. And if you want to go back, it's episode 202, um, and you'll get a lot of his backstory. Um, so, uh, which is really interesting. I mean, very accomplished at that age. Now, uh, three and a half years later, are you any smarter?
0: Oh, I'd like to think so. I've <laughs> okay. made a of well, You
1: know, that's right. You're a lot more experienced, right? Um, so, that'll be interesting to hear about. So, what I'd like to lead with. Um, I'd like to lead with, I think this is the best place to start, big changes in your business and life in the last year or two. In your in the case, last three. three. <laughs> okay,
0: so if we go back three and a half years, there's been a whole lot more.
1: A whole lot um, more.
0: I got out of having a warehouse at the end of
1: 2018. Okay, uh, why, so, why did you do that? Let's start there.
0: So the warehouse I was currently in, uh, I felt like it was growing too small, and mm. I was going to go rent a, a larger space for next to nothing, from uh, in-laws of my family in middle of nowhere. It was an hour move, and I had offered my warehouse manager a raise if he'd come, and he didn't want to. And I just didn't feel comfortable finding staffing in such a small town if I couldn't bring a, bring most of my people with me. And so then someone else made me an offer for me to use his prep center and, with a very interesting uh, way that I would pay him. That was it worked out to be cheap, but we had some personal we had some personnel. Personal difficulties. Okay. A month after I moved to Alaska, because I thought, "Oh, I've got a prep center; I can live wherever I want now."
1: So, so so let's um, peel that up a bit. Let's peel that back a little bit, because I think that's really sound advice. Um, I know Todd Ferguson has a a warehouse in the middle of nowhere, and that's to his advantage. He can get; um, it's easier for him to get labor because there's just not a lot of work in that particular place. But this place that you were looking at, you didn't feel that that would be what would have been for you, correct?
0: Yeah, it was population 1,100 people.
1: Okay, all right. So you're really limited in workforce. And if, you know, so there's not 30% unemployment in that town, correct? Correct. Okay, so there's something there. That's something that I don't think a lot of people think about. I'm glad that you thought that through because that could have been super disastrous, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the learning curve is just so great and it's so hard to find and keep good people. And in, in that small of a pool... I'm sure the good people were really under demand for everybody else. So you would have spent a lot more money if you would have found them. If you would have found them. So, okay. I think that's really smart. All right. So you decide to go in with somebody else. You thought this would be the answer. Was not the answer. Yeah,
0: there were just some uh, personal differences that occurred right after I moved to Alaska. Because so, I wanted to be back near some of my friends and family there. Because that's where If the story from the previous one is yeah. I had moved to take advantage of the opportunities that the lower 48 has. But I'm like, well, I'll just fly down with all these points whenever I feel like doing retail arbitrage. And then I'll just do OA and wholesale the rest of the time.
1: So what Yeah, what did you think, I mean, when you were envisioning that, what did you think your day would look like? Because you're like, the hardest part of this business in your mind is that running the warehouse and doing all those things and paying attention to somebody else is going to do all that. This is going to be, are, were you, now you're not going to be sipping Bahama Mamas next to the water in Alaska because you're going to freeze to death. But generally, were you thinking that you were going to get time to invest into your life?
0: Yeah, I thought I would. But then there were some unique challenges with living in Alaska up there. Like it took us, I got an apartment with uh, one of my friends, one of my best friends and whatnot. And it took two months for us to get home internet installed.
1: Oh, my goodness. And that's just the way it is because there's probably limited competition, but you know, just everything's limited, correct?
0: Yes, everything is limited.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. So that's a big thing that you didn't plan for, didn't think about. All right, next.
0: So then the same day that there was this c- critical conversation with the with the third party that I was dealing with, with the prep center, uh, I had another opportunity come up. And I'm not going to go too much into what happened because some things uh, didn't okay. go the way I wanted with that. But what ended up happening is with another individual, I was like, hey, why don't we open a prep center? And we found a good commercial space in Evansville, Indiana.
1: Okay. A little bit distance from Alaska, for sure. A little bit, yeah. So that would then mean that you would be moving back from Alaska back to that area and committing to that area. Fair?
0: Well, I thought with a business partner and staffing and teaching everyone anything, you know, I could you know continue to have my place in Alaska where I'd be in the summer and be down here for the rest of the year. Well, it turned out that it, there was more than, there was more factors than just work. Okay. My roommate is like, so how are you going to decide like where you want to end up, you know, spending the majority of your time? And I'm like, well, it probably depends on if I meet anyone. And in November of 2019, I met the woman who later became my wife.
1: Ah, So is that woman. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So, so, that was the tipping point for you. Obviously, that that made the decision easy. And she's from that area where you're at now.
0: Yeah, she was uh, student te- she was student teaching and not student teaching, Well, she was going to be student teaching, and she was subbing here while she went to school to get her teaching license.
1: Okay, she all right.
0: Previously, had a master's from something from uh, another th- or not a master's, an undergrad. And there was a special program here where in three semesters you can become a teacher and get a master's
1: in it. Wow. And so she was going for that. Okay, so so that helped make the decision. Looking back, obviously, you know, you found Mrs. Wright, and if you believe, if, if you're a person of faith, or if you believe in that 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 happens for a reason. But stepping back, what would it have looked like if you didn't move? What do you think? I mean, knowing what you know now.
0: Well, what would have happened is then the following, and this this spring when COVID hit. If I was in Alaska, I would have been severely limited. Uh, I love the fact that during, in the midst of all this craziness that's been going on, I've been able to have a hands-on view of my inventory. I've been able to see the things come in see the things go out, see what they look like, see the space they take up. The space that things take up right now is the biggest part of it with these COVID inbound limits.
1: So managing your inventory, this has given you the ability to be honest, nobody's going to care about that stuff as much as you. Fair? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I see it with our own stuff, and we have a bunch of other companies. Nobody cares as much as you do about your own stuff because it really impacts Mm -hmm. you. Interesting. All right, so you've had a little bit of activity in the last uh, year or two of your life. That that up and down, I mean, you had to doubt yourself quite a few times, I'm sure, right? Oh, of course. Hmm. How do you push past that?
0: Well, the way I push past it is this is the only living I've ever known. Uh, like we discussed before, this is my only full-time job I've ever had. The last time I worked for someone else by the hour on a W-2 was working part-time at Target for a couple months in 2014.
1: Okay, no so this is it. So there is no fail. It's effort. If, it, if it's not working, you're just going to have to put in more time and more effort. Yeah,
0: I have no plan. B. Um,
1: when you look at your friends, now you're a whopping 26 years old which everybody loves when I tell them I have more socks than that. And Kelly Loach will send me new socks again. I could use some new socks (laughs) again, Kelly. That's always nice. Thank you. Um, When when you're now this whopping old man of 26, um, do you think it's time to get a plan B or do you see nothing but opportunity ahead of you, at least for the foreseeable future?
0: So plan B for me is diversification in a self-employment sort of thing. I could never work a job for someone else <laughs> you're
1: done <laughs> you're unemployable aren't you
0: but my wife will likely be joining the business after this school year uh, there's been a lot of unique challenges and with it and we realize that while we uh, while our family gets health insurance from it uh, there's so much more money that we could make if my wife was a part of the business than compared to what she's making as a teacher So we haven't made a firm decision on that yet, but she will most likely be joining the business in the fall.
1: You know, my wife uh, came on full time with us this past year um, and left her job and we left pretty good benefits and that. And so we had to get health insurance and uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, is my first doctor's appointment with our new doctor because it, our old, you know, one of the challenges with insurance is in network and all that nonsense. So we had to change doctors. And so it took months to get a doctor's appointment, but... The insurance really isn't that bad. You know, we pay as an, a company, we bought company insurance, so we have a couple of employee. employees, we have nine employees, but we have some that take it and we pay 60% as an employer. And so, um, the, and that, uh, and then the other 40% the employee pays and that comes out pre-tax out of their pay. So the 40%, they really don't pay 40%. They pay less than that. It's really pretty reasonable. Um, I don't think it used to be, but it seems pretty reasonable. So, uh, I encourage it because it's probably the best thing because, again, nobody's going to care about your business as much as she is, you know, next to you.
0: And that's something we we're considering is having having the company pay for it. I've personally seen my employees with their insurance having all these struggles and things like that and if I could help them out, that would...
1: Yeah, that's mean, an awesome thing. Enough. And it, That's really important. I think that that comment right there, if you can help them out, you will be successful because that's the right approach. You know, not... Not trying to keep them at minimum wage, you know, being proud that your town has a minimum wage and you pay that. No, you want to help them. That's the right attitude. All right, let's talk about a couple of things. Can you talk about your revenue range, um, you know, whatever you're comfortable saying, uh, your business and last year in 2020?
0: So last year and this year, most days are five figure days. So that puts me in the mid seven figures for annual revenue.
1: Oh, wow. So that's got to be pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. I was looking this month so far, and I'm like, these days aren't that good compared to the last three months. Yeah, and oh, I, I agree. Q four I was great. And I'm like, wow, this is still pretty good. And then I'm looking at my inventory, like the, the raw numbers before, my, before labor and things like that. And I'm like, well, it's still pretty good. So I really can't be complaining.
1: Yeah, if these are your worst days, <laughs> that's what yeah. I keep thinking. I'm like, oh, that's pretty awesome, you know. Um, you, I know, you. obviously, you sell on Amazon. Any other channels that you currently sell on?
0: I'm not doing anything on other channels uh, other than a little bit of local sales that's not related at all to my inventory. It's more of a hobby, but okay. when I realize my hobby is making me like $1,000 a month, it's pretty nice. So, yeah,
1: there's your health insurance. What um, yes. uh, what do you do with your returns?
0: So my returns, my wife is selling some of them on Poshmark, just okay. on the side. but that's something that when she comes on board and we can, instead of making 20 Poshmark sales a month, you know, make it 200 or whatever. Because the, the returns have been piling up so much, and she hasn't gotten to them in several months.
1: It's a, again, back to my example, my wife handles all our returns now. And we, and, and I've probably said this a bunch of times, but we use a UPS store address as our business address. So all our returns show up there. And so it just pops by every couple of days, brings them in. Boom, I don't even see them, and I just see them selling. Um, it's just so neat that I don't even sweat that anymore. It's like it's changed my world because, Tyler, you're sweating all this stuff, right? You do? Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Um, and again, she cares. And she and once she got a taste of it, she's like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, oh, that's great. Keep going. Keep going. I don't want to do it. Um, your business model, I know you're a large wholesaler. Uh, do you use, you said you had mentioned RA. So you still would do RA?
0: Yeah. So I still do RA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always typically kept a big vehicle for doing it. And uh, I have a Toyota Highlander that was third row seating, but not quite enough. And I went with my wife after we got married. It was the first time she had ever, was ever visiting my family up in Wisconsin. And she, this is in the summer. She was selling some stuff on Poshmark and things like that. And we went to uh, a pet store for some dog treats or something like that for our dog. And there was all this rack of clothing, like pet clothing mm-hmm. for like $2. And I'm like, this is all $30 stuff. I don't know what we are going to do with it. But it's too cheap to not buy. And then we filled the back of our Highlander with
1: all the $2
0: <laughs> pet clothing. So that was my wife getting introduced to retail arbitrage. And uh, most of it we still haven't sold because a lot of it hasn't been listed. <laughs> mm. But our dog has a bunch of outfits and all of our friend's dogs and all of that are doing uh, I think eateries.
1: I've seen some pictures. Yeah. Yes, I think you have.
0: Uh, but <laughs> then we realized, hey, we need a bigger vehicle because our family is going to grow at some point, and I need to do more retail arbitrage. So no, I had never bought a brand new vehicle in my life, and we, with 0.9% financing, bought a brand new Honda Odyssey. And now, whenever I buy anything with it, I record it, in, record the supplier in Inventory Lab as Odyssey. And we bought that at the end of August. So in the past six months, in Inventory Lab, it shows a profit of about 20, of, of about twelve thousand dollars. I'm racing to see how fast we can, on paper, pay the vehicle off by doing retail arbitrage.
1: I love it. I love that. That's the goal, right? That's yeah, a that's a measurable goal. That's a cool. I could do that. Chick, and you move on. I love it. Love it. Um, your business structure now. You're are you are you in a warehouse currently?
0: I'm in a warehouse. I'm technically in two because we have been. <laughs> So much happened that uh, I reached out to the, the the agent that represented the building that I'm currently that we have been in. We had a purchase option from this building, but I decided that it's not worth exercising. Uh, there's the building is good for what we've done, but we're starting to bust out at the seams. We in April got pallet racking so that. That we put in the front room, which was used to be the showroom and for a locksmith. That used to be occupied by a locksmith, and so we're using it the building in a way that it's really not meant to be used, and we've we've maximized that. So with the lease still going up through the July, I sent a check to the landlord before the year was up to pay off the rest of the lease.
1: That's awesome. And we
0: we uh, we might move out early, we might not. Uh, we've paid for you know we we paid for the full amount, and then with the agent that had represented this building. I grew to know him. He was a very nice guy. And I reached out to him, said, we were looking for something new. And same day he found a building. And
1: hmm. Did he, did he even have an inkling of how well you were doing and that you might have a need for more?
0: I had talked to him because a few months before and he asked how we were doing and I said, we were doing fine. Uh, cause it, it has just been such a small world. Uh, this guy, used to own a building, uh, used to own a house that my wife and I were under contract to buy. That was a fixer-upper. He had been the previous owner of it before the current owner. And it's just all the, all these little things here in it's, it's such a small world, like pieces falling into place. So we kept in over, over a couple things. And he didn't realize that we were doing this well. And when I told him what we were looking for, he was able to find something. And this particular building, I had been outside of because I had seen the for sale sign. Or not for sale, but for lease sign. But what I didn't see is that there was interior was an interior dock.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, how nice is that in winter? <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Well,
0: the winter here is very mild. I'm wearing shorts today here in January.
1: And what state are you in? Indiana. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm freezing to death. I mean, it's cold I'm, here. Then the third. I'm from Alaska. So. Uh, I guess it's relative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you would good. go to. You go to Arizona and you would die. It's, right, oh, it's would. a million degrees for you, yeah. Um, so with this new location, what, what do you see different? What would you do different? You know, I think about, like, we're going through, like, we use ship station for a lot of inventory. And we're going through now designating rooms and areas, and we're going to paint the floors. We're getting to that level, shelves and bins and stuff like that. And we have pallet racks, depending, some places, some not what are you envisioning for your new space?
0: So the new space is a large 4,000 square foot section. There's the dock and about a four or 500 square feet landing area with the dock. And then there's a 2,000 square foot section on the other side of the dock. The 2,000 square foot section had to have a hole put in the wall because uh, it was technically a separate unit. And we're, we got them all bundled together. But in that smaller section, it has an overhead door. With that overhead door, we can have our outgoing UPS and things like that. Oh, nice. So on behalf of ourselves and clients, we do a lot of hazmat shipping and with UPS. So we could, what we're going to probably do is have all of that in the smaller section. And in the larger section, we'll do long-term storage and our larger freight shipments and sorting and things like
1: that. And um, so this gives you options. Like you didn't have that capacity before yep. this.
0: And before, with only one bathroom, people would be standing around, myself included, just waiting to use the bathroom. This new place will have three.
1: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> who who handled the build out?
0: So, for the new place, yeah. Okay, so there's the uh, currently only the build out is two bathrooms and break room, and there's going to need to be an office for me. Currently, I'm just sitting with a plastic table, in the in the thick of it as I oversee things, but I've reached out to one company, and we'll be reaching out to some more for quotes on whether I go modular or have a traditional build out. So
1: you'll be responsible for that, though, financially?
0: I'll be financially responsible for
1: that. And, and I think this is really important for you to understand, is that what Tyler's envisioning here sometimes isn't cheap, right? And so yeah. knowing that, when you're building out your cost, because that's inventory, you're not going to be able to buy, right, if you're tying yeah. up that money. Yeah. It's important.
0: Hmm. Okay. But this particular space is so close to my house. It's four to six minutes away, depending on traffic. It's just some, it's the dream that I have envisioned and I've got renewal terms on it. So I could use this place for the for the rest of my Amazon e-commerce career.
1: So, so you, you're similar to me. So you have this vision of what you really have wanted and you just keep building it in your mind and now you're actually putting it down on paper and seeing some of it. Dude, that's cool. I mean, it's and gotta feel need- good
0: yeah it feels good and if i need more space sooner or later the place next door is going to be moving and i have an option to take that over if i want to i
1: think i think you know we 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 just expanded too. and i think that it you'll you'll fill it in if it's right now yeah. we've turned away some clients and it's nothing personal it's just that i like i just said to andy the other day i'm like i just don't want anybody else i can't handle anybody else right now we 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 have the right people for us and the right space and um, I think you have to level, find a level there. Do you feel like sometimes that you've grown too fast? Like when you were in that, when you were creating that other prep center with the other one that didn't really work out well, um, do you feel like you went too fast sometimes?
0: No, I think at the other one, it was more a matter of some communication issues. But at this, I felt like things got too fast with COVID. I was scrambling to hire people. And, but the problem is people were making more unemployment. Than mm. they were on the street finding jobs. And that's but,
1: still an issue, or no?
0: Uh, still a little bit, but we're. I at the end of November, I stopped buying. Aside from a couple of things I bought in the beginning of December, I stopped buying because I bought so much stuff uh, Black Friday week that we, due to COVID limits and having to have things catch up, we were still sh- working on shipping that stuff.
1: Mm. And now, uh, did you were you able to get your limits re uh, released this year?
0: Uh, they're they're improving, but there was that point last month in December where they lasted everything back, and that was very painful to deal with. Yeah,
1: yeah it it's challenging. I mean, I think you know the thing that, at least, and this is my experience. This is Steve talking about himself, so don't take offense, as Tyler. But I, in my past, have you know built. I didn't build in that risk right? That that thing that outside of your control. So you're like, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be great. And then all of a sudden UPS stops showing up for days and days and days. And you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Think that's a <laughs> do you have that problem too?
0: No, we have uh, heavily bribed our oh. UPS.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, we just had the last two days, our driver. Now we ship by the pallet most days for UPS. Mm-hmm. So they're individually packaged, but we just shrink wrap it, put them on pallets. And the guy comes with a box truck and we can put 10 pallets today went, went out yesterday was 10 pallets. But last night, nobody showed up our two forty-five pickup. My son messages me at five saying, Hey, UPS still isn't here. Blah, blah, blah. And I finally called the guy and he's like, yeah, your driver quit. I'm like, really? So you're just going to not come, huh? And he goes, well, no, we can get there." I'm like, dude, I can't leave $30,000 worth of inventory sitting on our dock. And so it's just a continual challenge um, that we see outside of our control. And that, I guess that was my, my point was that, you know, what do you do to mitigate that? It sounds like you treat your person really well.
0: Yeah. We've given cash and liquor and things like that.
1: But, <laughs> cash and what, liquor. <laughs> two good things.
0: But what we uh, did with, we, we got a different driver in the middle of COVID, but the previous driver, we'd started a good system with him. And both drivers' names have been Tyler, which has been very, ah. very, me tyler and two ups the three
1: t's yep
0: yeah but what happened is the previous driver uh when we stopped we do mostly freight to amazon via ltl but in q4 and during the beginning of covid when everything got slammed we would do a ups and what our driver volunteered to do was bring us a trailer because there was one day that they had so much that it didn't fit on the truck and they didn't have one of their random route drivers to do it they just brought us a trailer with the boxes, unloaded it, and then they pick up the trailer at the end of the day. So we fill up the trailer with stuff. For <coughs> and then every day, they'll bring a trailer in the morning. So we are their first stop in the morning. And then our regular driver, we are his last stop of the day as he picks that trailer up at the end of the day. So that guarantees that we get a pickup for the day.
1: Well, that's awesome. Um, we do not have as much luck. We had a great run for a long time. And what my experience is, usually you get the driver's name and number, you text and you communicate, Hey, we got extra load here today or whatever. Um, but, um, we have a pretty big hub in our town and for whatever reason, they just struggle, struggle, struggle. And so, uh, there are four locations that we have that they pick up at. And, uh, right now two of them are having trouble, (laughs) two of the four. Um, and it's just GPS. FedEx is fine. FedEx um, isn't a problem, but okay. So you are running a 3PL. Talk about that a little bit. How, how does that affect your business because you're responsible for other people?
0: That, that's exactly right. As I'm, we're, we're responsible for everything we do. If we make a mistake, uh, we have to financially cover that. But the way I've worked it so far is everyone that I've worked with has either been a friend or has been referred by a friend. So that, the realtor guy that found us the new warehouse when we had just met him at the beginning of starting the company, he had someone that he knew in the area that was an Amazon seller that had been looking at purchasing an apartment building. He put us in touch and that guy is now a client with his private label stuff.
1: So you're looking, I you know, I, I I would agree with that. The friend thing is great because it's a different relationship. You can have an honest conversation. It's not always just transactional. Like, you work for me, Tyler, right? It's more of a, hey, you know, I'm kind of, you know, you, uh, I would come to you and say, hey, I need extra help. Oh, sure, of course, you know, you're friends. And then that way it's a two-way street. To me, that's a benefit. Have you uh-huh. turned away clients?
0: Uh we fired one.
1: Okay. Yeah. I got that relationship too. <laughs> so, why, why, you know, without being mean or whatever, why'd you fire them?
0: Uh, some uh, personality conflict.
1: Okay. All right. That's fair. I mean, either it, it's is it a two way street issue where, you know, sometimes, you know, if you have to give and if you're the only giver in the relationship, it's never going to work. Yeah.
0: Um, they didn't realize they were doing some very offensive things.
1: Some I I didn't catch that I missed that last piece.
0: They didn't realize they were doing some very offensive
1: things. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and I just didn't realize it. Okay, and so yeah, my, my employees felt disrespected and whatnot. Would you recommend them to somebody else?
0: Uh, I would not. Okay, good. I told them that they just had to find something, and we'd wrap up their stuff within thirty days. So we everything we we continued to operate for thirty days, and then we sent a final invoice.
1: My experience with those type of people, usually they jump from place to place and they'll, it's everybody else's fault. And it's not, yeah. you know, they need to look inward sometimes, you know. Um, the staffing, we already talked a little bit about staffing. Um, who runs the day-to-day operations for you?
0: So I'm at the warehouse or one of them uh, every day. I've hopped between the two warehouses three times and I worked from home for an hour in the middle of the day because uh, I took my dog home because he was. Uh,
1: so wait, you're that disciplined. I mean, you have an hour here, you got this, you got that.
0: Yeah, I was jumping over all day. There was a couple little fires to put out, but nothing major. And uh, but the two warehouses are only four minutes apart.
1: Okay. But it's still a distraction. How do you uh, how do you see when you get to one warehouse? How do you see that changing?
0: Well, it'll be a lot simpler having everyone under one roof. Do you? Hmm.
1: And is UPS picking up at both locations or, or or FedEx and all that? Are they picking up at both locations?
0: Out of the new one, we're currently just doing out, out, outbound LTL. Okay. We had our first outbound LTL go from there today. How'd that go? Uh, I'm assuming good because oh. I haven't had my phone ring.
1: Oh, okay. All right. That's a win. Yeah. we. Um, another little thing we do with our UPS driver, too, is because we're doing it by the pallets, um, we are able to shrink them and leave them out by one of our other loading docks with the door unlocked. He'll come in, back in, put the dock extender out, and then just wheel him in the back of his truck himself with a pallet jack. And then, you know, we don't even know that he's gone. We just go out and look, and everything's gone. Awesome. I mean, that's a, that's a neat little thing. Will you have, you're thinking that with that hole in the wall, you'll be able to move inventory between the two rooms?
0: Yes, we can. We already have been.
1: Okay. All right, cool. Well, that, that's really going to improve things. Just to, have, just to have the ability to use both doors is going to be phenomenal. Um, when it comes to inventory, talk about inventory flow. So I guess more so about your new place. What's, what are you thinking? I mean, are you receiving containers or how are you receiving your, most of your inventory?
0: Nothing containers. It's either, it's either UPS, FedEx, or LTL.
1: Okay. So you're getting pallets in though. Um, do you have a forklift or are you using a pallet jack in the new place?
0: at the new place, we have we have an interior dock, so they just back up to it, and we take a pallet jack. Okay. But I might be investing in a power in an electronic pallet jack for when we push the heavy pallet back up onto it, because it's real easy coming off because we've got gravity. <laughs> we're fighting against gravity on the way up, and I think just as a matter of employee safety, it would be a good investment to spend a couple thousand dollars on it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a, we we've talked about that. We were at, actually Andy and I went to an auction. How many years ago? He's terrible at an auction. He'll buy everything. I that. Yeah, literally. He's like, it's a dollar. We're buying. I'm like, stop buying stuff because I still have it in my warehouse. I'd like to stop buying stuff. Uh, the money machine. We bought a, a money machine at this auction. We never used it, but it's like the one where the dollar bills you grab in the air. We still have that out in the front warehouse. But one of the things they had, they had those, those um, uh, automatic um, pallet jacks. And now I I regret not buying it was a beer distributor. I regret not buying them because I can see the value. I mean, you just so, so much faster
0: at the old warehouse, we share a side street with a convenience store and every single day, Pepsi or Coke, or someone is showing up and using one of those and it looks pretty slick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it efficient and you know, I think there's fewer injuries. I mean, safety wise, it's gotta be, you need to be careful, but, um, okay. So. What other things do you see changing with your inventory process with this new warehouse?
0: With the new warehouse, what I'm looking at doing at least for my own stuff is a lot more storage intentionally where if I'm getting a good deal on something and this is my one shot, I want to make money on this product for as long as I can. Hmm. So and combine that with all this COVID limit stuff and I'm seeing products where I have amazing margins and typically I, I I only want to keep 30 days of something on, on board, but, if I'm able to triple my money every time I sell it, I'm going to buy six months of it. Mm.
1: Now, are you able to get a better price because you're buying bigger quantities?
0: Some of this is actually OA, so no.
1: Okay. All right, so it's just stuff that you know. Um, did you experience challenges getting the inventory delivered to you because of delays in shipping out, out from the other companies?
0: We haven't had too many delays uh, for things coming in, but we did have a bunch of problems merch fulfillment. With the post office. Mm, oh yeah.
1: yeah. I just got a bill today. Uh, literally took it out of my mailbox this morning on my way into work. And it was due uh, the 4th. Today, you know, and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, how can that be? It was dated December 20th, and it just made it to me. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean.
0: I got a letter from the IRS dated from the beginning of November. I didn't get it till the end of December. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it said, not until late January. It was like, I underpaid my taxes by like a hundred bucks. And so I saw that on my informed delivery
1: and I'm like, what the heck? And I opened it like no big deal. Yeah, it's definitely, there's definitely some challenges. I wonder, I'm hopeful that they, they definitely address it and fix it. Um, did you do a lot of merchant fulfill this year?
0: We did a lot. Uh, we did, I mean, we were doing a couple, up to a couple hundred a day during December. Wow. But during the, the height of the beginning of COVID, there was a Monday where we MF'd 2,200 packages.
1: Oh, my God. With the post office. How, how, do, you, how do you get 2,200 packages through your system?
0: So most of it was just a small item because uh, me and the client that was doing it, uh, we were, it was this wholesale account that we were splitting that we had been doing since before this company was even a thing. Before KN, the, our prep center, was even a thing. We've been dealing with this wholesale since 2018. Uh, so we have been doing it for a while. It was a, It was a small product. It was a small variety of products, so they just fit fit, fit in a bubble mailer
1: a little I'm bubble mailer. Yeah. yeah, but how do you produce well, that many labels? I mean everything about that sounds overwhelming
0: so a thermal printer can only print so many so many labels, <laughs> and with Amazon, you can only print up to fifty or a hundred at a time in bulk. A hundred will sometimes crash it, so we 'll do fifty. I would go through, and this is something I did myself on that Sunday, while watching a movie at home, was I just cranked out labels for myself and for him to get all the weekend-so-far shipments purchased so that we'd hand 200 stickers. Hey, put 200 of this singles into a padded mailer. And then we did all of that, and then there was a bit of mop-up of when someone buys one of this and one of that. You can't automate that. So, But by 2 o'clock, we were done on Monday, and at Three o'clock, we had a box truck from the post office come, and we handed them three and a half pallets with paper uh, <laughs>
1: sheets. Yeah, I'm sure you got some stairs on that. Do you, um, when you look at your system now, are you designing that new warehouse with this in mind that there's a chance, likely, that it could happen again?
0: Oh, absolutely. So the smaller room that has just the normal overhead door is going to be for anything going in or out via parcel unless they want to, unless the UPS or FedEx guy wants to back up to our dock, uh, the UPS guy, they load his truck at the new warehouse so that his stuff is in the front. So he he can't just back up and unload it. But with FedEx, they're just backing up to the dock and we're lifting it up. Uh, So it He just has to lift once and then we take the box from there. He doesn't have to put the stuff in.
1: Are you using any kind of inventory system when you're now you're thinking about this new space? You're designing it. Are you using inventory system, uh, ship station, or some kind of third party system?
0: Since most of the stuff is integrated into FBA and ship station charges, I think, 20 cents per MF or per label, we're doing everything through Amazon, Inventory Lab, and Google Sheets.
1: Okay. And, and you're able to manage it. So, how about for tracking of inventory and stuff like that? Do you have a plan for that?
0: Yeah. So, when things come in, uh, either my my inventory or client inventory, everything they put on a spreadsheet. Uh, if we have inventory that shows up that's not on the spreadsheet, we're like, "Come on, man." Uh, we want to uh, we want to know what's going on, and then we try to get everything for our clients out within a couple of days. Market a shipped, and uh, with the people that we're we're dealing with on a on a new like everyday basis, I try to keep in touch having a couple phone calls a month, Mm -hmm. messaging throughout the day as things happen, sending them photos and updates so they know that their inventory is being taken care
1: of. You think that's one of the bigger challenges with having a 3PL is communication?
0: It definitely is. but um, Thankfully, everyone's on Facebook and Messenger is great for a lot
1: of it. Yeah, yeah, we do the same and and, and Google Docs really helps or uh, we also use Teams, uh, Microsoft um, uh, Office Online and that works too. when you're looking at building this out, you know I don't know, I mean, you don't have to tell too much, but expense-wise, I assume your bigger space is more expensive than your smaller space,
0: right? It's a bit bigger, but given the fact that we're going from a 9- and 10-foot ceiling, depending on the part of the, the old space, to an 18-foot ceiling, oh, I'm not wow. looking at it square foot to square foot because there is a cubic element to this. So if I'm paying 5 dollars 5 a foot, and I have an 18 foot ceiling and I have a dock and I have a nicer parking lot and I just have a nicer neighborhood and a shorter commute. I think it's worth paying the additional dollars per square foot.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think, uh, my, my wife, here's, here's something, make sure your wife's on board with this. Uh, when she came into our office, so we have a pretty big office that we share her and I, and I have new furniture in there, she was like, uh, this is not what I'm used to. We are going to get this place. (laughs) You know, for me, I don't have anything on the wall. i got a couple things. No, she wants it looking right. Um, Have you thought about that, you know, what you would want your princess to have?
0: All I've bought that she's going to use is dual monitors that I'm also Um, using as a transition over. The desk that she wants, she can pick. The chair that she wants, she can pick. Uh, she's going to want a couch or something like that. She can pick it. She can pick all of it.
1: That's the stakeholder, right, giving her a chance to really have some skin in the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's smart.
0: Because yeah. we're different people. She's a Mac person. I'm a PC person. I use a Samsung. She uses an iPhone. There's things that we both like differently. And so I try to let her make as many of those choices as she, as she wants.
1: Uh, you'll find that she'll make better choices. Trust me, you know, I'm no. 35 years married, so I could say that. And it's the truth. How about expenses? Now, let's, let's talk about this. So you're going up in cost or whatever. How do you, I mean, other than labor, what's your biggest expense? Cost of goods, uh, of course, outside of cost of goods, I guess.
0: Outside of goods and labor, it would definitely be supplies.
1: Okay. All right. How, I mean, is there an opportunity there? Have you, have you looked at, you know, different things, um, you know, different place. I always say, uh, Jonathan Kleeder is a good example. He buys boxes so much cheaper than I can. And it, it makes me insane. But, you know, he's buying huge quantities. And mm-hmm. I, I, even with my big quantity, the same quantity, I can't get his price. When I showed it to a company, they're like, how did you get this price? He's like the master at it. How about for you?
0: So what I've done is I've tried a few different things. Uh, we had to do a few Uline orders to get things next day during COVID. And I'm not a fan of that. Because it's always more expensive, shipping, taxes, things like that. But what I did is I actually placed a very large order, or a couple large orders, with The Boxery at the end of the year, so that I wouldn't have to worry about supplies during this time. I don't want to have to worry about reordering something when I have all these other things I'm concerned about. And I bought a bunch of bags, bunch of boxes, things like that. So right after that, the guy from Jonathan Swart of I Love Supplies hit me up, and it looks like I may have made a mistake. I should have maybe. Looked into buying bags that aren't the cheapest but are the best it looks like his bags might be a penny or two more, but there's no static when you pull it,
1: yeah, and things like that and that's an insane thing getting rid of those that you spend half your time getting yeah. rid of those things yeah no i I appreciate that so so this is are you at a place that you can spend the time at that because I'm assuming when it's hot and heavy, you can't yeah. how, how well, do, i mean how do you get there how do you, how do you pull out that time, especially you know, uh, you, you need your wife to come on. You said you got more work than you need. Um, how, do, how do you pull that out?
0: Well, what I've been able to do is most of the actual inventory and stuff that happens, uh, when, they're on the, when they're on the lines and the computers putting things into the system and polybagging and getting the shipments out, uh, they're doing it mostly on their own. There is a little bit of prioritization of what order things go in, but we used to do things in live mode. We'd work on one client here, one client there and whatnot. Now what we're doing is, uh, depending on how things are going, we'll have the same client being worked on on multiple lines uh, doing everything in private batches. So we like to do batches as simple as possible as long as it doesn't make shipping more expensive. If we have 100 of this and 300 of that, instead of doing them all in one batch, we'll just do them in two different batches. And so I'll load a bunch of private batches into the system and they'll communicate on how they how they work on those, and by naming batches, we can work on the, the same client stuff at both the new warehouse and the old warehouse. So we have old and new in our names, so they know where we're working on things.
1: So by paying attention to those little details, it, you know it's it's those touch points, right? Each one of those things take time, right? That's the negative to doing it live, right? That what you're describing, you're fine tuning. How much time did you gain when you figured that out? Oh, a, a
0: ton. They're no longer asking me, hey, what do we do next?
1: Wow. That's huge. How do you communicate that? I mean, how do, you, do you have a whiteboard? Everybody knows what? Or do you do a morning? Oh, we do a morning huddle here, I call it. Goofy kind of thing. So, but yeah, I like it
0: With my two warehouse managers, who are also husband and wife, uh, they, get in, they get in a little earlier before everyone at the old warehouse, and I go over the batches with them and then uh, I'm currently running the new warehouse as okay. uh, a couple employees there that have been with for a while that have been doing a bunch of polybagging and inbound sorting. They're now, I'm now teaching them the, the computer stuff myself.
1: Are you having trouble keeping people?
0: We have had some problems with labor. Uh, we've had people where we'll offer them a job. They'll drive an hour away to get this, to show up for their first day, and then they will call in sick the next day on their second day or that's won't, a clue. Even show up, won't even show up for their first day of work. Oh, uh, right. But that one person that uh, came from an hour away, I then get a letter from his county saying that I need to start uh, collecting child support. Oh. i from the child support office. I was not the first person. He had done this with about 30 different jobs.
1: Oh, that's heartbreaking.
0: So, but the big thing that we do is with our staffing is... Uh, my dog is here, and sometimes our warehouse manager will bring her infant daughter here. They have a safe, like, playpen for for her. And the rubric we have on when we hire people is: Are they going to be accurate at counting things with our inventory? And do we have do we do they we feel safe with an infant child and my dog on them? So that's that's the rubric we have.
1: Okay. And so that
0: point, yeah. most most of our staffing issues have been issues of attendance.
1: We. Uh... Uh, how about retaining people? Have how, how Have you done on that?
0: So what I've done for that is uh, we we did have a problem for a while with people showing up late, and it was just frustrating me. But I don't want to fire someone because they're three minutes late every day. I want to try a carrot instead of a stick. So the carrot that I came up with was I would give a hundred dollars of as a bonus to to every person that is on time all in ten days of the pay cycle. And I said I would continue this as long as COVID and these mask mandates and everything are a thing. Uh, it is very rare that someone does not get the bonus now.
1: So you're you're doing bit. the math. You're saying hundred dollars is a dollar a day, right? Ten dollars a day. Excuse me, ten dollars a day. The, I just went completely blank. ten dollars a day, eight hours. I was trying to do that. Um, and okay. so that's what you're doing is saying, hey, for the extra X number of cents per hour. If I can get everybody here on time, that really creates an expectation, right? I mean, it's like the day is different when you're not having to deal with, Steve, you're late again, right? You're uh-huh. dealing with, hey, we're ready to go. Everybody's here. It's, it's a different conversation, right?
0: And then in addition to that, I mean, it's so that instead of coming in at eight, people can come in as early as seven if they want an hour of overtime. If they do that, they get the overtime and they're getting the bonus.
1: Oh, sweet. Smart.
0: I have one employee, he's here every day at seven, every day. And for the last two months, we worked Saturdays. People could come in on Saturday. So he was getting an additional nine hours from that. He was getting some very hefty checks.
1: And you got the benefit, right? There's no (laughs) learning curve, right? Your existing employees, you don't have that learning curve. That's so smart. (laughs) So smart. Because it's not always the answer to add more people, right? Not always.
0: Well, especially in the middle of the pandemic. We had one one guy that we hired on temporary. He was going to come in. When, he didn't, when it was raining because he was a roofer. And I'm kind of glad that he had roofing jobs because it turns out he caught COVID. Oh. So we have not had a single employee while actually actively working.
1: Knock on wood. It. Just knock on some wood yeah, for me, please. I'm doing that right wood. now for you.
0: But I told everyone that, hey, don't be doing stupid stuff. I mean, if you guys, you know, instead of going out to lunch, why don't I buy lunch once or twice a week and I'll keep a bunch of snacks and sandwich-making stuff in the break room. So instead of going out, you stay here and it's free. And they, they really like
1: that. And you can minimize that. We had one guy, I, and I've heard this, I, we had one guy who tested positive. Um, and it's a funny story. I was just telling the story to somebody today. We were unloading a container. And, you know, these are floor-loaded containers and you get, you know, a bunch of people on the, on the container. And I'm on the forklift and I heard... Uh, my son say, oh, "You better tell my dad." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> what was that?" You know. I guess as a parent, I heard that. And he said his uh, fiance wouldn't feeling well. Blah blah blah. Turns out that Sunday, that was a Friday. That Sunday, they tested. Or they went. Both weren't feeling well. Got tested. Day or two later, he told me they were positive. So we all had to stop and go get tested, which is really hard in our area. I mean it. And then results take like a week. And nobody else was positive so far. So. It really could affect your business. Do you have a plan? I mean, have you thought that through?
0: We had someone that was exposed, that he had spent time with his sister who tested positive. And there was a bit of drama. Like, I was telling an employee, just make sure you're wearing your mask. And he didn't want to. And I'm like... Oh, boy. um, So, I didn't want to lose my cool and do anything stupid. So You're
1: 26. How do you have cool? You're 26, Tyler.
0: It was lunchtime. So I'm like, this guy, he had, he had to go home and he's, you know, he's going to be having to get, to, this is, before, I think, before all those, the pro, now I guess the protocol is he'd have to stay home for 10 days mm-hmm. and he'd been exposed, I think, seven days previously. Uh, so he, went, he got a test and then over the weekend he came back in on Monday. But I sent everyone home. I'm like, let's just all chill. Everyone go home. I'm paying you for the rest of the day.
1: And then he gets tested. He turns negative? Negative. Okay. And so then you're breathing. Well, we, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, as I I think I kind of mentioned, 20 minutes away from here, they test, they have that new strain just found and makes me a little more uncomfortable. Um, And, 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 but what am I going to do? Right. I mean, you can't not live your life. And so we're kind of in that boat of, you know, some of what we do is because we do a lot of phone work and telephone and tech stuff for a company, we could work from home. I have a p- couple people that can work from home. And so that's kind of our plan is as long as one person can make it in to do shipping for the day, we can turn most of our business as FBA. We can basically tell our clients, hey, nothing's going out. Everybody stop while we're positive. Let us get this cleaned up. Uh, as long as one person can make it in, that's my theory. And if, if everybody's positive, then it would just be me making it in, I guess, as long as I'm not in my yeah. deathbed. Hmm. It's an issue. It, we didn't have to deal with this not too long ago, did we?
0: No, it's, it's a new world. Everything has changed very hmm. quickly.
1: Um, I have been here about talking about policies and procedures. And I don't know if I want to go there. I, I want to get to, I know you have something you want to talk about. Um, but I, I before we get to that, let's talk about goal planning right now. You know, when do you think you'll be in your new place completely?
0: Uh, I give it about 30 days.
1: Okay. So you're, you're, you're basically there. Um, what does that do different for you? you know, obviously a little bit of higher expense, but you know you're going to get a productivity improvement, just even from you, from not having to go from building to building, right? As you said, it's closer to you. You feel better about it. You're getting some say in it. You're designing it to be efficient. How different are your goals this year?
0: So for this year, my goals are more so to optimize everything that we have, get it so that I can step further away from the business. I got married in May. And I took a week for my honeymoon, and I still was doing a ton of work on my honeymoon. <laughs> like, I'm a morning person. Like we'd be, I'd, I was still getting up at 6 a.m., and while my wife was still in bed, I was getting work done. Every, every day, I'm up at 6 or 7 getting things done, even if she's sleeping out. And I don't want to have to do that, but there's there's work that has to be done. So I want to get more of this outsourced so that I don't have to.
1: So that's all, like, as you're designing it, you're putting that into, you're keeping that in mind, saying, okay, great, I won't need to do this. You're reducing touch points, and you're making sure that you're the touch point that gets reduced. Mm-hmm. Love it. I think it's smart. How about revenue-wise? What are you thinking this year?
0: Well, given that uh, my numbers now are, which we talked about earlier, looked dismal compared to last month, but are still really good, I think that 2021 would be just as good as 2020. There will be the crazy bonanzas of this or that. Like, I mean, sell, I'm not going to sell $45,000 in mason jars in a day this year. <laughs> but there's going to be some uh, just, I think, having steadier high sales instead of huge spikes here and there is what's gonna, is what 2021 will have. Because almost everything I sell is replenishable.
1: So you can ride those, you could kind of plan. All right. You kind of know yeah. there'll be an increase. Okay. All right. I love it. I love it. Um, finally, from me, I want to talk about life balance tips. Um, it sounds like you want to adjust them. Um, hmm. You get, are, are you, you're not burnt out, correct? Not quite. Okay.
0: Uh, every weekend I recharge. Uh, Do you work we weekends? Often, uh, we're not working Saturdays anymore.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, most weekends we'll go out to my in-laws, to my my wife's family. We'll stay the night. We'll have food with them. Uh, I'll go out and do some target shooting or something. To so you off.
1: decompress there. I mean, like it's you disconnected. You're not checking your phone. You're not answering questions.
0: Yeah, it's out in the out in the Illinois countryside,
1: not the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a real that's a real big deal. All right, and you know I have a couple of final questions. I'm going to hold off on those. You had something you wanted to talk about. Talk to me about it. Tell me, tell me what's going on.
0: So uh, I recently became a board member of the Online Merchants Guild, uh, or OMG, and they were the ones that had filed the lawsuit against the state of Kentucky in regards to their price gouging executive order in the spring. And they were looking for money and donations back in the spring, and I gave $10,000. I am not here to ask anyone for any money whatsoever, but just today, the the 7th, they filed on behalf of a seller from Illinois, a lawsuit against the state of California with the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration. This small seller, Isabel Rubinas of Illinois, had recently had her bank account seized due to the state of California over a handful of sales. After she had tried to comply with the stuff for 2019, they sought money from 2017 and 2018 and so, so things like this like this lawsuit and whatnot can have real positive change for us Amazon sellers we have a lot of problems but when we go on Facebook and complain about them nothing happens and I just wanted to draw attention to this lawsuit it's gonna be something to pay attention to just like how their lawsuit against the state of Kentucky has been something to pay attention to
1: and so how, how do people find out more information about the Online Merchants Guild
0: so for that, if you just even Google Online Merchants Guild or go to onlinemerchantsguild.org, there's a website where they post news. They also have a Facebook group that are... are a Facebook, but it hasn't had a whole lot happening lately. But uh, we're trying to become more active in the community and help sellers solve their problems.
1: And, and some of those problems are really narrow, but they affect a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you know, like this California stuff is challenging. How many people have gotten those letters over the last couple of years from the state of California dealing with sales tax issues?
1: And these are prior, because now Amazon remits that for them, but, but these are prior issues, correct? They're going backwards.
0: This is prior issues.
1: Hmm. And But they're real, and they're not going away. In that example, that person you just said, they, they seized their bank. Okay. Yeah. So and it's know, pretty serious.
0: Yeah, I know the lady, they're living paycheck to paycheck off of her husband's income.
1: Due to all of this. Just to this. What's the advice then um, when you get that stuff? What, what, what advice would you give? Is that why, when that's you, when you go look at Online Merchants Guild to see how. Because yeah. of. Rec-
0: when you get these things, it's not something to just throw away or ignore. It's something to at least uh, talk to an attorney or accountant about and see what your potential liability is.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. So, Online Merchants Guild org is where you can find out more information and you know you said you're not asking for donations but they you know they would take them I'm sure right they, yeah you know because they have the lawyers right
0: the ten thousand dollars that I gave was what I had made selling hand sanitizer so I donated all of that money
1: from okay.
0: what I made from going to dollar tree to dollar tree.
1: And you just wanted to, to make it right. Okay. All right I mm-hmm. like that. Um so my final question actually I have two one is how can uh, listeners find out more of what you're doing or how can they follow you? You're pretty active on Facebook, correct?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty active in the groups when I see things pop up. I, I like good groups like FBA Today and FBA Tactical Arbitrage. And is did they change Andy's group name again or is it still Amazing Freedom?
1: Uh, no, it's Amazing Freedom. Yep. yeah, okay. got... Amazing
0: Freedom. That's a good group too that I'm sometimes involved in.
1: Okay. And I'll, I'm going to put your Facebook contact out there if that's okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. Please a, send me a
0: message. I'll check my other messages from time to time, and I love to respond to questions and comments that people have. Um,
1: you're a pretty pay-it-forward kind of guy. You respond pretty much to anybody, and I see that, right? I mean, it, and then You don't say, oh, here's the bill, right?
0: Yeah. My mother sells on Amazon, and she does books and groceries and things like that, and she ran into a young guy at uh, at a book sale last month, and she gave him my number. And yesterday, I talked to a guy for 20 minutes, and just trying to help guy out. So awesome. Awesome. I'm looking to pay this forward because there have been so many people that have helped me get to
1: where I'm at now. 100%. Oh, that's so good to hear. Oh, it's so good to hear. Um, so the last thing I want to ask, and just offer something, uh, a meaningful process improvement, something that you would recommend to third party. Now, as we went through this Conversation. Lots of change in your life. Lots of things have changed. So you're a pretty good person to look at uh, for improvements. What would you say that you wish you would have known, or you wish some a newer seller would, would do this?
0: I wish I would have spent more money on like on equipment that may be expensive but can save time and be safe more so in the future.
1: Like I'll give recently. an example.
0: Over the summer, we got a scale that we got a pallet jack that weighs a pallet. And it was $2,300. Previous to that, we were weighing up the, the weights of the boxes and whatnot for when we ship pallets, which it, it takes 20 minutes or whatever for the So, this stuff.
1: is the pallet scale where this uh, this uh, pallet jack where there's a scale built right into it, right? Once you pick it up, it weighs it for you, correct? Yeah.
0: That, yes.
1: Uh, and,
0: cool. But then you want to change boxes around and you, it, it, it gets all convoluted. With this, you put it underneath, you weigh it, you take a box off, it, it adjusts. You put a box on, it adjusts. So spending money on equipment uh, that will save you time, in the long run, well, just from what I save on labor, it may, it may take a couple of years. But I will save the
1: $2,200 in payroll. Love it. And you're not wearing somebody out. We went to We got a pallet shrink machine this year. Oh, my God. It's life-changing. I mean, and rather than you've wrapped pallets where you walk around with that little handheld thing and I get dizzy and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm ready. And this this machine, you put your foot on and it spins. I'm like, oh, my God. That time-saving? How about what did your employees think? I mean, especially the ones that were there doing it the old way.
0: So they like it, but the only thing is it's a little harder to get the pallet underneath. You've got to really push it. <laughs> So one of the guys is smaller and can't do it. But other than that, it's good.
1: But do they understand that that's an investment that you made in them? You could have bought inventory with that money, but oh, you yeah. chose to they do mean, it better. That's awesome. They
0: understand that. Or I just recently bought these really, really nice stainless steel prep tables. We were previously using six-foot plastic tables with risers under them. But now with these stainless steel prep tables that instead of $80 for a table and risers, these were like 160 And they're a foot shorter, so you don't even have as much space. But they're very heavy duty. They're very sturdy, and they look nice. And the, the best part is the bottom has a shelf. So now we can put all of their bags underneath. Instead of them walking over to a shelf and switching bags, they just reach underneath for
1: all the supplies they need. So utility you got from it, and you made their life easier. Love it, love it. So that's the that's the advice. Don't don't cheap out on stuff like that because the payoff comes back. It's hard to know that. It's hard to have faith in that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But do look for the best deal that you can on these. So with the pallet jack thing, I got a couple quotes on it, and I went with the one that seemed the best. And with these tables, I got a discount by buying five at a time.
1: So your double cost wasn't quite that much uh, because you bought more. Love it.
0: Yeah, they were, they were 150 each when they would have been 180 single. So the last one to three.
1: Tyler, you're so much wiser at twenty six than you were at twenty two. And you were pretty smart at twenty two, my friend. That's pretty that cool. Was,
0: that was a long time ago, back when I was renting out of renting a second townhouse, just but that was two minutes away and that's the thing, is the time that I save in my commute is time that I can spend with my family or time that I can spend working.
1: So wisdom from a twenty six year old. Now I really feel old. Tyler, thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. How phenomenal was that? You know, again, a uh, lot of change, and, and he blew through these little couple changes in his life. These are all momental, mo- monumental changes, momentous is what I was going to say. But these are big changes, and they don't happen easily. And each one of them would be stumbling points, or each one would delay other things and that delayed gratification. And he pushed through it, and I, I think that that's probably what I would say about Tyler's his strongest uh, his strength is his ability to just push through it. Like he said, this is the only job he's ever known. And so he's going to be successful. Um, phenomenal. Reach out to him. If you, uh, you heard anything that you connect with, um, just a phenomenal, um, uh, phenomenal job and really cool to see the success. It's so well-deserved. So ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care.